This episode is with my lovely friend Emma. Emma is also a very close friend of mine, quite similar to Amy from last week's episode. We just chat through everything about mum life. Emma is very, very honest. We do laugh a lot because we're born quite close together, so we often say that we're very much the same person. Um, But it's very funny. If you watch the video version of this, it's just me laughing at Emma for the majority of the interview. But anyway... I hope you have a lovely listen and once again thank you very much for supporting everything that I do at the KidCast. It honestly means the world to me. Talk to me about pregnancy. Oh my goodness. Where do we even begin? Um, where, where, I don't, I don't remember know. that photograph of you and Kev. Ah. Oh, there, we want to go right through it. So I think finding out I was pregnant, we both decided um, that we wanted a baby, obviously. Yeah. And being a crazy sort of planner teacher that I am, mm-hmm. I was like, this has to fit in with the academic year. <laughs> uh, so if we try at this point, then I'll have a baby by this point and thankfully worked quite well so yes pretty much straight away we got pregnant um and I of course like everyone nowadays had the app of when I was ovulating and Mm -hmm. when I could test so that came on straight away and I tested and I think I remember it being like nothing coming through and feeling devastated and whatever and then uh actually the morning that I found out we had Ofsted in (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. And I think that's one of my always in my memories of like that time was being like, oh God, off offstead stress. So I thought, oh my period's just late because of that and nothing's coming up on the pregnancy test, so it's just stress. And I remember taking the test and it coming up and me thinking, oh shit. It's it's that. And even though we knew we were trying and we wanted it, it was still that yeah. I felt like I was going back to a 16-year-old going, oh my God, what are we going to do? How am I going to tell my mum and dad? It was like, um, you're in your 30s now. Like, that's it. Um, and I remember going in and waking him up and I was like, Kev, I'm taking a test and I'm pregnant. And he was like, what? <laughs> just so not with it. And I think he was just like, what, what do you mean? I was like, what? How many other ways can you can you interpret that? Um, and then because he didn't have a car at that point, he mm. hopped on his bike and rode to Tesco to get some more tests and came back. And then I was like, we took them. And I was like, well, I've got to leave because we've got ostrich in. <laughs> um, so that was positive. And so we took the picture that was like, what the hell? Yeah. We're, we're positive. And then that was it and I remember getting to work and you know me I can't hold in my own way like <laughs> and my face is just like if I say you okay and I was like I'm pregnant <laughs> straight away uh, but I always remember that week being significant because I found out I was pregnant I got a m- my new car my growing up car yeah. and Ofsted was in and it was like and my house had gone through and I was just like I'm officially an adult <laughs> I've ticked off all these boxes so that was fine and the first little bit I had quite not bad as in like I know it can get really mm-hmm. bad morning sickness just you know driving to work the old commute to Manchester yeah. and pulling up at yeah, lights 62, and, love it. yeah exactly yeah. pulling up at lights before the motorway and just opening the door and being sick and like <laughs> it again and keeping going and little sandwich bags in my car it was horrible mm. but it was it was fine and I think I was just shattered obviously mm. was dance teaching 
which was all, all right. And then lockdown happened. And I remember it being going in, I was thinking I was about four and a half months pregnant. And the first announcement came out that it was like, <clears throat> whatever, COVID. And it was anybody over a certain age and anyone pregnant. And everyone's like, Emma, you've got to go. You were at home like from... From day uh, dot, yeah, I think yeah. early, like really early March. Because I remember saying to my kids at that point, I'll be back by Easter. Like I told them while I was pregnant. Um, and they were great and then I was like oh I'll be back by Easter it'll be fine and then I never went back <laughs> I literally had the longest maternity in the world um, never went back and I think I did struggle being really honest I, mm-hmm. I struggled with the inability to decipher what was happening so I remember just being on zoom calls with my my friends and what's whatsapps with my friends mm-hmm. being like do you think we're going back Back. like what do you think's happening and I just couldn't get my head around it because I was like am I going back into work am I not and it really did throw me mm-hmm. and I think since that I've done a lot of research into why that was and I remember following this woman on social media that sort of said you your brain tries to make sense mm-hmm. of it all and when you can't have a set determined answer because I'm a planner mm-hmm. it then sends you sort of into a yeah. bit of a spiral yeah so I think I did struggle with that I loved that I didn't have to see anyone because I was just getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> uh, I still carried on working and um, I'm sure some of my students were like, she's crazy because I was doing like workouts on my chair in my living room, like with this bump and trying to work all that out. But it was, it was fine. I think I didn't know any better. So, because I think a lot of people around the first time COVID mums are like, oh, you missed out on so much and I had nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, it doesn't make any difference. And mm-hmm. me and Kevin both <laughs> ironically said, when we have the baby, we don't want to see anybody for the first couple of weeks. We want to live in our own bubble. Tempted fate there, didn't we? <laughs> because we were in our own bubble for like a year or whatever. But no, it was it was fine. I think mm. the struggle with trying to f- get in my head, am I going back into work still being pregnant? How am I going to cope with the drive when I'm this pregnant how am I going to cope with Mm. moving and teaching that was playing on my mind a lot and then I think I really did struggle with my body changing which Mm -hmm. I know women do all over but I think it was coming from that dancer background and really putting pressure on myself Mm -hmm. and you know hindsight's great isn't it I look back now and think oh you should have just who who cares you should have just enjoyed it but I just I didn't and I did put on a lot of weight which is normal and that's healthy but I think I just was so horrible to myself mm. about it and yeah it just didn't I look back now and think you should just eased off a little bit yeah I think it's yeah. it's hard at the time isn't it I've always struggled mm. with weight I think I'm in a good place now yeah but I don't know whether it is dance based there mm. is a lot of Weight issues, yeah. image issues, potentially more so than weight issues mm. in the industry. Mm. And whether or not you intend to, you analyse your body every single day in that mirror. One, mm. for your your career purpose. Yeah. And then it, two, it can drift over into that personal life. And I, I remember thinking at one point, oh my God, like, how am I ever? And I remember thinking... I'm going to have to lose all this weight again. Yeah. I've already done it once. And if I'm completely honest, the idea of getting pregnant before that, I put it off because 
I had already lost the weight and didn't want to do it again mm. or didn't want to have to have the possibility of having to do it again. Yeah. Which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. When you think about it that way. Yeah, but I think that there's loads of things that are wrong with the world. But <clears throat> I think one of them is like the sort of mainstream media, social media, yeah. the image of what women girls whoever should look like pregnant people should look like in this term of snapping back and all of that just fills your head like the comparison of what I should be or what Mm. I was before all of this it it is it's Mm. horrendous and I just remember feeling just awful and I think coming out I bought loads of like maxi dresses because it got to a stage where I always describe it like I didn't look pregnant, didn't look pregnant. Then I looked like I'd had a couple of pies and I put on weight. And then like it, everyone's like, oh, it's a bump now. And I was like, right, okay, it's a bump. And still not liking the weight that was going on everywhere else. And my God, my, when I came out of having Sid at the end, nobody tells you as well, you still have your bump. I don't know why in my brain, I just <laughs> thought it would just go like, <laughs> baby, everything like air and you just go back, snapping yeah. back to what it was, but you still have your bump. But if for me, it was my legs. I didn't understand where my <laughs> legs had gone. They were just like tree chunks. And I remember because I ended up having an emergency C-section. So I don't know whether it was like fluid retention or they were like, ha, you don't need these for a while or whatever. But I remember this doctor <laughs> coming round and uh, he was like, have you got any questions? And me just throwing back this quilt and being like, I used to have good legs. I used to have knees because they just went straight down. And I was like, I don't understand where the shape has gone. At some point there was muscle there. Um, but it was just horrendous. And like my feet were so swollen and my ankles. And I just, I didn't fit in any shoes. So I had, by the end of pregnancy, and for those first sort of five or six days before the water retention disappeared overnight, yeah. which is the weirdest thing, I had one pair of shoes that I could put on and that they were the cheapest, nastiest trainers that I could stretch to get my yeah. feet in. Yeah. Well, I didn't even have that. I had Kev's old flip-flops <laughs> that we'd used a knife to cut round. They had a lion on them to cut round, even to the point. Yeah. It, really strange. I think there was there must have been like a chilled sort of lockdown moment before I gave birth. Then there was because it was that like, eat out to help out oh, and all that. That worked out well, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. But I remember saying to Kev, like, I just had this like urge to walk. Mm. I don't know why. Mm. And I was like, let's go on a walk. And I downloaded an app mm. uh, that like sent you out on these trails. And we went to Ainsdale Beach yeah. and I found this walk. Oh my God. I've got the pictures and we laugh about it to this day. And I wore flip-flops that <laughs> were his cut-off flip-flops <laughs> on this walk. And we went through every terrain. It was like beach then it was like this hilly grass thing then it was like a mosh pit thing (laughs) and I look back now and we ended up walking something I think it was like 15k and honest honestly I remember getting to one point and I was huge it was not I was nine months pregnant getting to one point where I was like I know the road's just there and we hit this hill and I could see the road but it was just land it was like Lion King (laughs) and I just turned to go and start crying I was like I want to get there I want to get back to the car he's like come on you can do it and I just sat like why did I come out on a walk? But it was crazy about what your body like wants you to do and yeah. like the craving if I want to get out and walk. Yeah. Where that came from. 
I can't remember what was I talking about before me crazy walk. You're talking about body image and changing. Body image, shoes, changing. I just didn't recognise my body and I feel like Mm. I'd gone through, again, like you said, being a dancer, I'd gone through different phases of like ultimate fitness and PT and and Mm. doing all of this to then get to a point where my body just wasn't my own. And I think I hyper-focused on that for so long. And now I look back, I'm like, I did enjoy it towards the end when I was had a big belly and I could feel Sid moving and just feel that I loved that and that's sometimes I do miss that element of Mm -hmm. being pregnant because that closeness like it's nothing like I mean annoying as hell especially when the hiccups happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was just so weird to not have control Mm -hmm. over your own body and the fancy crazy crazy pains and oh it was it's it's completely unreal but yeah. I think that was a definite struggle yeah. and I think afterwards looking back when we came out of hospital there's a picture of me standing at the door and it's like a Weight Watchers before picture <laughs> oh, no I swear to god and I quote my lovely partner who was like when I showed him this picture he was like nah scouse obviously he was like nah you've stretched that I was like I haven't stretched it he was like um, I don't remember you being that big. I was like, Kevin, I, I was. And he was like, you look like a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I I eventually lost that. And but that was a journey in it in itself. Oh. Like, yeah, I had a great um Beth who we used to mm-hmm. teach. I contacted her and she sort of trained me over um over zoom at that yeah. point and she was fabulous like really great meal plans checking in she was yeah she was brilliant but then there was some that I, I went to as well because I had to get out of the house and have that accountability that just didn't have a clue and yeah. when I said like oh because I got signed off from the doctors to exercise after six weeks on the phone they didn't check anything <laughs> No, just you know had c-section but yeah I'm, I'm good they're like how do you feel I was like yeah okay great yeah you can do exercise I was like no, like for real, go to the gym. Like, yeah, 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 go for it. And I remember hanging. That's nuts. That is nuts. That's that really is, nuts. yeah, it is nuts. Nobody really checked anything. No. After the major surgery. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, you go for it. But yeah. also, do you not find like your version of exercise compared to someone else completely different? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people think I lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, light jog. No, I'm, yeah. I'm talking like burpees devil presses you're not dead on the floor after yeah yeah (laughs) like that one workout that we did yeah I've never I think I was sick at that point with you and your sister working out yeah sure I'll come along I'm fit (laughs) in the toilet like (laughs) you're killing (laughs) oh man yeah but I remember hanging and doing like um kick-ups yeah thinking should I be doing this after I gave birth like 10 weeks ago should I be doing this and the PT was like yeah you'll be fine thinking hi easing me back into it no but Beth was broke she was she was great but eventually yeah I lost the weight but that is something that not that it should but does play it does in my thinking of another one I talk about having another Mm. and for various different reasons I'm not 100% there yet yeah but one of them is I only got to the weight I was before I conceived Bella Mm. in November Right. So five months. Wow. Six months ago. I don't know. Six months ago. Yeah. Can I be asked? No. Putting weight on again. No. Not yet. No. No. And that is selfish. <sighs> but, but I 
just can't. I just. But also, like, body's selfish. Like, it's your body. It's yeah. your life. It's your choice. Like, get there when you're ready. And mm. if that means taking another year or so, that's fine. You've got to mm. do what's right for you. Yeah. But yeah. you also can't help but have that feeling like, do I really want to get back there again? Do I really want to look like a house? But also, probably eating seven donuts in a row while I was eight months pregnant didn't, didn't help. I remember knocking at your door and I was like, I've just got you a few bits to drop off because COVID. I was like, I don't know why, but I just picked up these donuts and you're like, how did you know? Oh my, honestly, yeah. I look back now and think, who who did I think I, I was? It wasn't like I was healthy eating, you know, all this thing I had in my head, because I'm sure parents are the same unless you're really really good which hats off to you I clearly am not you have this ideal of what you will be as a parent or pregnant or whatever and then you have the reality and my in my brain I was like I'm gonna eat nothing but health I'm gonna do yoga I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be mother earth sat there eating seven donuts not the same not the same did I do yoga nope yeah no I did do I did do a 15k walk. You did. What a dick. In flip-flops that <laughs> didn't fit me. Crazy. Yeah. I remember thinking at one point, I should probably stop eating a bag of mini eggs every day. <laughs> one of these mates knocked with the multi-pack of the small packs. Yeah, yeah. Two of them. Yeah. One for you, one for the baby, right? One for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks mm. so much. Yeah. 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 We had um, our lovely ice cream, um, Oh, just nice. Know. Yeah. Every day, seven o'clock. On, on the he I'm, knew. I'm, <laughs> he knew. Oh, yeah. The amount of he must be like, look, here she is again. And I'm sure people are like, you can't have ice creams. I'm like, watch this. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But the one thing that I did have throughout and sort of got me through pregnancy and lockdown mm. was my sort of my coffee shop. Mm. Because I would always go there and have a coffee and whatever. And then then it turned to like, can I have a ca- what's it, caffeine-free latte or yeah, whatever? Decaf. Decaf. Caffeine-free. Yeah. <laughs> Latte-free. Yeah. And they were like, that's not like I was on pregnant. Yeah. And I feel like they were like my sort of family that mm. I never had. And yeah. then when you could go on like the one walk, I would stop off, I'd get my takeaway and I'd go for a walk. And then that lasted like maternity. I remember I always noticed you'd be like, I'm just going to get my coffee and I'm always going to be there. Yeah. But that is yeah. honestly what got me through walking through. We're going to walk on the mansion walk. <laughs> mansion walk. you going to come and join me on the mansion walk when I was pregnant. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll join oh. you on the mansion walk. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry. Just dragging yeah. people around. No, it was good though. I enjoyed oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, oh, those houses in Crosby. Yeah. It's the dream, isn't it? It was a gorgeous Burbo walk. Bank looking yeah. at the, thinking one day, <laughs> saying it to my like three-month-old child, one day we're going to live in there. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it like that. <laughs> like a serial killer. But yeah, it was crazy. And now Sid like, walks in, she's yeah. like, coffee shop friends. Hi, guys. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> but yeah, that was um, that was one of the things that got me, yeah. got me through. How, this is a question, not a question I've prepped, but... Oh, how did you find being pregnant? And obviously, you're not from Liverpool. Mm. In a lockdown, where you actually couldn't travel home to see your family. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was uh, it was hard. Um, I think again because I had nothing to compare it to. Yeah. 
it was difficult. Like, I think it did really hurt, not hurt my mum and dad, but like I was on the phone with them all the time. I was really lucky as well is that I made um, like a couple of mum friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, which is something, not that I thought I'd never do it, but I wasn't the, again, the sort of like hippie mum that I thought I was going to be was Mm -hmm. like, I'll be at these baby groups all the time wasn't really for me mm. to be honest and I did one like zoom call again not quite the same and I'll never forget <laughs> going on this one zoom call where this woman was talking about being <clears throat> going back to work and it was a coffee morning so we were all sat in our own houses with our own coffee watching this chat think <laughs> you look back and think how lonely but the time it was like okay and uh, this woman popped up and was mm. asking about going back to work and she was a teacher and she got a, I think she got a little bit Theory. and I just dropped her a message and was like hey I'm a teacher too I feel your pain mm-hmm. and she's like do you want to go for a walk I live here and I was like yeah so I ended up meeting her out and we'd go for a walk together and then obviously go to our respective houses so I, I had like and then I met her friend as well mm-hmm. with her little girl and we'd go out and go for walks and do whatever and we're still you know in contact mm-hmm. and still see each other now which was good but I think it's it's hard I mean, the funny side that I try and look at is none of my friends ever saw me pregnant. So I just, when I went eventually back to Birmingham with the baby, I was like, look what happened over, mm. over COVID. Mm. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, mm. surprise. Mm. But I think I've got my own sort of friends and family up here that mm-hmm. were around, you know, as mm-hmm. well, that rallied. I think it would have been nice for my mum and dad to be up here a bit more, but they, I saw them when I needed to. So... They did come up, which we get like, um, they did come up after um, when I had Sid uh-huh. and it was COVID because I was in a bad place. I called my mum when I was in the hospital yeah. um, because initially, I don't even think, we had the first chat about being pregnant. I only told you about my actual pregnancy uh-huh. and birth, but <clears throat> I was in there for longer than I thought. And I remember just calling my mum because at some point you just want your mum, right? And I called her in tears. <laughs> like oh mom I'm just not in a good place and she was like is there a midwife there I was like yeah she's like hang up the phone and speak to the midwife and do all this and I think that broke my mom's heart because up until that point like it's been a long time since I called my mom crying mm. do you know what I mean I think she was just like John get in the car we're going to Liverpool yeah. so they were there when I came out um when I came out of hospital they'd I don't know how it worked or what point it was in the thing, but they was staying in like a guest house. Mm. So they let me come home and get settled. And then she was there for like two days after and sort of did the, the amazing things of tidying up and washing and cleaning. Yeah. And, and I think, who was I to, again, Instagram versus reality. Yeah. Who was I to say, I don't need you for two weeks because I just want it to be the family when actually in reality, what I needed was my mum there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that was good. And then we saw, we did a lot of, you know, Zooms and introducing the baby to people <clears throat> via Zoom, a lot of video calls. Yeah, so, you know, any lockdown baby, I'm sure, now looks mm-hmm. at a phone like this as opposed to this. And mm. that that was it. It's, I think I've been away from home now longer than I was actually at home. home. Yeah. So we've got my family up here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Talking about birth. Oh, you, I don't know if you know this, but your experience of birth helped me shape a lot of about my decisions for birth and really? what I knew and how I knew I needed to stick to my guns and trust my instinct. Well, that's good to yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't go like I thought it would. I, um, 
I'm saying this like trying to hold back laughing because I just think, what a dick. <laughs> you. Yeah. What? Because I, I packed a salt lamp, Amber. <laughs> because I packed a salt lamp, a sleep mask, <laughs> and this gorgeous like... Um, <laughs> Like silky pajama thing. I had to call Kev and be like, "What a faux pas!" Actually, I've packed nothing that I can use. Um, so I coming up towards the end of my pregnancy, I was told that Sid was measuring big. We didn't know she was Sid at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I'll come to put a pin in that one. And mm-hmm. um, measuring big, and that you'd have to be induced. And I'd done the hypnobirthing. I had the book. I was all you about that. Me. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. I think I've done. Try to push people into it. No, everybody. Yeah. Because I just think for my brain and like with my training in terms of like what the muscles are doing and the breath work and this and I got the Freya app. Yeah. Still got it and recommend it. It was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. in terms of the music and the breath work and all of this was fabulous. So um in my head I was like I want a water birth. I want it natural. I don't want any any pain relief. <clears throat> <laughs> I think the common theme is what a dick. <laughs> no, it's just what I had in in my plan was that mm-hmm. was the way it's going to be. And of course, teach that I am and written my plan out and highlighted and done like thank you so much for all this. And I swear they just must have had a laugh. Who's this dick that's highlighted and laminated in a Polly Pocket? This plan and bought a salt lamp. <laughs> Can I just, the salt lamp did go back that evening <laughs> as soon as Kev left it went with him um, but yeah I'd read all about like the environment the water birth the, yeah. the affirmations all yeah. of that and then of course I got measured she was coming up big it's going to be this they you know said some scary words about like shoulder displacement and all this which they've got to do I understand that but being a first time mum being quite naive to it I was just like okay um and then I ended up getting induced. Her due date was like pretty much the same day she came, but I got induced and I had a pessary. <clears throat> and I remember us uh, driving to the hospital. No, before that, because it was lockdown, they mm-hmm. used to do these things on the beach in Crosby where it was like 5 a.m. club and mm-hmm. you'd go and you'd do a workout, you'd meditate, and then you'd do the cold water therapy yeah. in the water. And I'd been watching it like, oh, it's me, I want to go. So the morning I was booked in to be induced, we got up and I was like, again, Instagram, what a great story this will be. We'll go in the morning and we'll go and take part of that and we'll meditate and we'll do this. And we got there and we did the 5am start and we still got, I've still got amazing pictures and great memories of going down, watching the sun come up at five and doing that. Was that the best idea then to have a baby when I got up at five in the morning to go and watch the sunrise? No, absolutely not. But it's a funny thing to look back on because then we I was being induced at eight in the morning. So then we went straight from the, the beach. I didn't do any of the cold water therapy. I think we just got um, a cup of tea from a flask and sat on a thing and watched everybody do it and watched the sunrise, but it was fine. Um, and then we went into the hospital, got induced, got the pessary in, and I remember coming and going, Next time I'll be in the car driving home, we'll have a baby. What a dick! Because that didn't work out like that. Got the um, thing, they monitored me for a bit, they let me go home. Uh, went home, I, th- I can't even remember what I did, but pff, fell out. So I called them up, they're like, come back in and we'll get it sorted. So I went back in, they put another one in. 
came back home again so you know that next time I'm in this car <laughs> like going over the speed bumps and Lineker Road like oh gosh um and then I remember it being at home and me sort of getting some twinges yeah. and not thinking anything of it and lying on the sofa watching telly and hearing hearing a pop and going was that you <laughs> And it was like, no, was that you? And I was like, I don't, it was like the weirdest noise. I was like, I don't think so. But at that point, bodily function could have been, was that you? And I stood up and I just had water and we both were like, ah, ran upstairs and it's like, do, 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 do. And I was like, my waters have broke. So we got everything in our bags because we just thought, called them up and they're like, yeah, sure, come on in. And I was like, is there a water room, a bed, a thing, a water bed, a water bed? Pool. <laughs> is there just water available and they're like yeah yeah sure come on down so we went in fine you know with my suitcase and my salt lamp and everything and snacks and all this and went in and then it's so they they had some pads on because my water was breaking mm-hmm. they're like there's fluid or there's like the waters are a bit pinky and I was like okay mm. um and they're like we're going to monitor you you can't have a water birth at this point and i was heart did they say why? Hmm? because of the, was the reason you couldn't have your water birth because of the waters being yeah pink. pinky yeah <sighs> again mm. not a clue um and then i can't remember whether the pessary had come out or they took it out at that point but they were like right we're gonna take you to a suite and we're gonna put you on a drip and i remember being like i do not want my waters artificially popped because mm-hmm. I remember reading somewhere it's meant to hurt more yeah um but I was like no 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 like okay I'll go on this trip fine but I'll, I'll from then on I want natural I want this that and the other and then like the fun started really because we got into this side room and Heart FM was on and they just had banging tunes so we had a rave for like hours I just felt like music is a big thing mm-hmm. I'd created a a playlist because play yeah mm-hmm. that I sent to everybody and you know Berta and mm-hmm. you guys put loads yeah. of great music on uh, some ironic things like uh, Burn Baby Burn mm-hmm. and The Ring of Fire and <laughs> I've still push got it. the playlist pushing <laughs> <laughs> I still, still this girl is on fire yeah. there are lots of great ones that my friends are doing because I didn't have like a baby shower or anything like that so it's just like add this and then I had like a happy positive playlist which again I've still got um and then I remember doing like they came and checked on me I had a great midwife at the start it was brilliant um and then uh, there was a changeover of midwives Mm. and then I remember this other midwife coming in and she's saying can I just sit in here and do my notes and I was like yeah yeah but then she never seemed to leave (laughs) and although that was great that you know at some points we're having conversations I then was like, I don't really want to talk about being a dancer and doing the Beyonce and the Vogue ball came up and I remember bouncing on a ball being like, this isn't what I imagined. <laughs> like entertaining and feeling like I'm putting on a bit of a show. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that went on for ages. We had like food came. I didn't eat it. Kev ate it. And then it went again. Then the next round of food came in. And I was just like, how long is this going? And being checked. And it got yeah. to a point where I'd been checked so many times. I was just like, I don't want to be checked anymore. And I definitely think moving forward, I'm going to just be like, no thanks. Because I felt like everybody was up in there mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, which wasn't pleasant at all. But I remember what I, ha- what I was doing was I wasn't on gas and air at that point. I was just breathing through it and I could watch something like the numbers going up and I was doing it like a treadmill workout. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I can count through, I can get through, and then it would hit a point, and then I, I don't know the numbers, I don't know what it meant, but I know I could breathe through and get through it. So that was fine. Then eventually I went on to gas and air, but I I came in at like, I want to say, it was Thursday afternoon-ish. Mm. We didn't have SID till the Friday night, so I was labouring for quite a while, um, and it got to a point, I mean, there's funny elements where I remember like trying to cover my modesty at one point. Have <laughs> you told me about this? <laughs> And that just going out the window because I had like a sheet. <laughs> That's what I mean. I've got to look back and laugh because it was just funny. I had the sheet over because it's the women's was a teaching hospital. So I had the sheet over. And I mean, I was in all sorts of positions because of the pain. And like the doctor was coming in and then a nurse and then this. <laughs> It's just their legs are like, yeah, yeah, but I had this sheet and Kev was like, M. And I was like, what? And he's just like, it was up. Like, it wasn't a sheet that covered me all the way down. It was just over my belly and everything out. It was like, door open. So when people are like, you know, you come in and have a baby and you get ready in modesty, 100, 100%. Yeah, that was horrendous thinking, yeah, I'm covered. I don't know what you're talking about, actually. It's just your stomach. That was one of the first things you told me. Yeah. <laughs> Just couldn't get my breath like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, the feeling that went, <laughs> that was great. But then I remember bouncing on the big ball for mm. ages and Kev, bless him, was like massaging my back. He was great because mm. at that point we'd heard horror stories about like in the like horrendous throes of COVID, mm-hmm. partners not being allowed mm-hmm. in. And we did have a few difficult ones where he actually didn't come to any of my scans mm-hmm. because he wasn't allowed. We even tried tempting them with chocolate that we got <laughs> from Hotel Chocolate. We're like, please, can he just come in? And they're like, no. <laughs> so that was that was pretty bad. But he was there for the birth, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like massaging my back. I remember just being like, I need the toilet loads, bouncing on this ball and being like, this fluid, but I... Don't know what it is. It could be water. It could be we. I've got no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ugh, that went on for ages. And then it got to a point where they checked me and they'd said, you're four, four centimetres dilated. You're in active labour. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Do this, do this. Mm-hmm. And they said, we'll come back and check on you. I was like, okay. And there was a change of midwives. And this, again, everyone was in masks. I couldn't tell who was who, mm-hmm. but this... She was an absolute godsend. This woman came back in and she checked me. She said, I'm really sorry. You're not four centimetres. And I was like, what? <laughs> Maybe there's just different finger sizes. I don't know. Well, I was like, what? And that was just, because I felt like I'd done so much yeah. where I hadn't had anything and it, I was knackered and I hadn't slept. And that was the last straw for me because mm-hmm. I was just like, I thought I was there and I really wasn't. And I just said, okay. And then they started talking about C-section and because I was tired and I was adamant. I was like, no, 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 no. And it got to a point where everything I'd had on my plan, natural, you know, water birth, was going out the window. I felt like I was like losing control. And I look back now and I think if I would have been a bit more stern with, no, I absolutely don't want that. No, I want this. No, I want that. It probably would have happened, mm-hmm. but because I was trying to be like, okay, it's fine, you know, mm-hmm. that, and I get it, you're there for a long time, it's a it's a bed, I'm not saying it is like that, but it's a bed, so they want you in, they want you yeah. out, let's let's go, so 
So I pushed it and pushed it. And I remember the midwife was like, I get you, but you need, she was brilliant. Mm. This is what needs to happen. Then a doctor would come in and mm. I was like, absolutely. What's the last cutoff point? Like I want yeah. to know I've given it everything I can. They said, up okay, up until this point, they were like, we'll give you, I think it was like seven or something. We'll give you till seven. And if there's been no, like, I was like, how many centimetres do I need to get to? my seven, like, wishing it would happen. Um, and they were like, you know, at that point, then we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Seven o'clock came, they were just like, no, you haven't progressed enough. Baby's getting tired. And I was like, at that yeah. point, I was like, well, the one thing I was proud of is one of them was like, okay, we keep losing the monitor. Can we go up and put this on baby's head? And I was like, what, in? And, and they're like, yeah, and I just said no. I was like, I'm not, not doing that again. They're like, but it would be a lot better to monitor the baby and I said I get that but I'm not having it like mm. and that was the one thing I found my voice and was like no yeah. I, I'm yeah. just happy doing what I'm doing it's fine mm-hmm. anyway <clears throat> then it got to the um, epidural phase and this again I, I just have so much respect and love for my partner during this whole birthing because although there was one moment which I'll never let him forget where he did say I'm really tired and I think the stare on my face I remember him going to get a coffee and me being like careful my back like I'm having another contraction he was like like I'm I just I just need a minute and I thought oh I'm sorry are you trying to give birth over there but no, anyway, like that's the only thing. And I always yeah. bring that back up again. But he, um, I remember this woman coming in mm. and it was a student that was doing my epidural. And at this point, it was in between contractions that so was really hard. You have to lean over, mm. take a deep breath and they're injecting obviously into your spine. And I did really, did really well. Mm. I was still, my midwife, bless her, was holding my arms like this. And she was like counting me through it. And they injected in and they came back and they, then we're doing the test and like, can you feel this? And I was going, yeah. And they were like, well, you shouldn't. <laughs> I remember being like, well, I can. <laughs> and they're like, what leg is it? And you know me, I'm like, left, <laughs> left ankle. And they're like, oh. And this one goes, right, okay. And there was the student that was injecting it and there was a woman behind her. And I sort of looked at Kevin. They were like, okay, we'll try it again. And he, bless him, came in in his lovely cape Mm. and just went, no, sorry. And everybody sort of stopped. And I was like, oh, a little bit dying inside because I thought, oh, don't challenge it. But a little bit like, thank you, because I just had nothing left. And he was like, nah, nah. (laughs) He's like, no, he's like, you're not not doing that. He said, no offense. He was like, you've got it wrong. He's like, it's a spine and she's a dancer. (laughs) <laughs> he's like so she needs that <laughs> obviously <laughs> she needs a spine um and he was like if anybody's gonna do this again it's it's you like I want you I don't want you touching her I want it to be you you're the person and this woman did give a little I can't really remember it but I, n- I remember her giving it back and I was looking at the midwife and she was like no like you mm-hmm. do it so he had a bit of back and forth was always super polite because you know what it's like mm-hmm. and yeah so this woman ended up giving me the epidural absolutely fine then I had to sign my life away which is weird as well because they they got this gorgeous I remember him being like a ray of sunshine coming mm-hmm. in um really flamboyant brilliant and was just like okay Miss Lingard we need you to sign a couple of things going on here <laughs> best case scenario nothing happens we have a baby worst case you die got it and I remember being like <laughs> what um but yes yeah, I'm a life way and I think at that point I was a bit scared because then mm-hmm. I was like wow this is serious and I think yeah. Kev was scared as, as well and then they wheeled me out um I can't really remember I remember being like this 
and going, feel like Jesus, <laughs> which really probably wasn't appropriate. Um, having that and then them, like, and we've had this conversation yeah. before. I had it fixed in my brain that I wanted Kev to tell me um, the sex. I was convinced I was having a boy. I was telling everybody, it's a little boy. We referred to him as him the whole way through. And I'd written it everywhere in all my notes. I don't want anybody to tell me what I'm having by my, by my partner. Like, I've had that amazing nine months of feeling mm-hmm. a move, of doing all, him, her, her move, doing mm-hmm. all of this. I want him to be the one. And it was a bit like, you know, on a drunken night out where you want chips at the end of the mm-hmm. night. I was transfixed and nobody's telling me. So I'm lying there and they're like, Emma, baby's here. And I go, <laughs> it's looking at Kev, like, what is it? And at that point, they'd said to us as well, like the um, gentles like swell, I'm trying to stick up for him here and I'm not ripping him to parts and <laughs> living to bits. But they were like, Dad, look. And he's going, Yeah. And I'm going, What is it? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and he will always play. Everyone had their hands in the way. <laughs> and he was just like, I don't know, I don't know. And he's like, Oh, like, what? What have we had? And he was like, I don't know. And they're like, and he was like, it's a girl. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then that was it. And and then I just remember him coming close to me and just being like tears and mm-hmm. being like, it's a girl. And I was going, oh, again, how many fingers and toes she got? I don't know why that was in. He was like, 10. And he'd been like, okay. And, yeah. and he was, I just remember seeing him like this and he was flitting between like, oh, I've never seen him like it. Just yeah. like pure happy proud emotion like kissing me going back to this baby coming back and doing this and then I started going funny and I was like I'm gonna be sick and they're like okay and then I was being sick then I passed out and again that's not really great but and I didn't know they'd mention like you've lost a lot of blood Mm -hmm. but it was nothing scary at the time and then um being wheeled off into another room and they'd sort of said because I had complications Mm -hmm. they're like he can stay an extra half an hour and at oh, that point, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. thanks. I yeah. think how long has he been here? Like, yeah. and then I don't remember much of that. And then I was wheeled onto a ward. And then that was the, th- the Friday night. I gave birth at half seven, and I didn't come out until Monday night. And it was a whirlwind because I they gave me an injection. I don't again. I'm not really sure what mm. painkillers it was. But, um, yeah, it felt like I was like on some sort of crazy come down. I mm-hmm. managed to lock myself out of my phone, change all my passwords. Off, I, I have no idea. And also, what I don't know, Amber, is what happens to your baby? Because I remember sleeping. Like, I remember being mm. going to sleep and waking. Like, what, what happened to Sid at that time? Do they just take her? And, like, I genuinely don't remember. But I had a, there was a crazy woman on my ward that... Um, she was I think she was diabetic and she just kept throwing sugar everywhere and I remember the midwives being like you can't do this she was like adding sugar to water and she got okay it was she peed all over the floor in the bathroom it was just mental and I remember saying to a nurse like I've just stepped in wee in that toilet please can I go somewhere else and I just need the toilet and they're like you can go to this private room but because I'm a shorty as well them cots are something rotten they're dead high <laughs> they are. so I was like <laughs> up and down and doing this and like doing yeah. whatever I had to remember again the doctor when I'm like I used to have knees him coming around <laughs> and being like you're not resting and I was like well, I've 
what do you mean I'm not resting I, I was like I've got a newborn he was like I know but you need to be in bed I was like yeah but I've got a newborn, I've got a newborn and because, not allowed the partner in yeah, yeah because I didn't see him he no. wasn't allowed back in he came in because again I hadn't packed enough clothes thinking that I'd be out in a day mm. hadn't packed enough clothes I hadn't packed enough stuff that would fit me because again I thought I'd have a baby it could go in jeans <laughs> so I'd like big maxi dresses and t-shirts and I was like can I swap you this salt lamp for like a more pants and some like bottle stuff and yeah, yeah the midwives were brilliant um, I had that horrendous thing because my I had loads of colostrum really mm. really early on I was having colostrum so I'd, I'd had loads of um, like what are they called the syringes yeah loads yeah. of syringes and stuff like that and I remember one woman mm. having the curtain back I mean like squeezing my boob into this little pot <laughs> and maybe like sorry and she's like it's fine I've seen it all and I remember thinking this is bizarre I'm milking myself <laughs> um so yeah that that was <laughs> but it's the things that you do and again I really wanted the breastfeeding situation and I tried and tried and we had again I've told you about this and I don't think I fully unpacked this until actually last year but we had um a situation with Sid uh I I'd done really I keep saying I'd done really well but I had looking after it and she had I remember feeding her and her choking and I don't know why first day drained I just flipped her around packed her back and she vomited everywhere and that was fine scary but it mm. didn't really mean anything how old was she at that point hours oh. maybe like really still really but really very new very brand new didn't think anything of that <clears throat> and then that kept happening every time she was feeding she was choking and being being sick and I remember having this health history, and again, she was lovely. And she put, she swaddled Sid and put her in her in the cot, and she was teaching me how to attach myself to a pump. I remember hearing something in the cot, and I said, "Can you just check on her?" And she's like, "Oh, mum, she'll be fine. Like you're only leaving her." And then I heard another noise, and I said to her, "No, please check on her." And I said, "Just, just checking. She was okay." And I turned round, and she grabbed her, and she ran out with her, and I was like. Do I stay? Do I go? And I was like, no. So I detached myself and followed. And she was in a side room with like other nurses. And I was like, what's happening? And nobody would really explain it. Mm. And then she was this tiny little, she was what, uh, seven, ten, some, not that big, but yeah. biggish. So the baby was there. And I was like, what's happened? She was a little bit blue. And they were like, it's fine, mum. She's just this. How much has she had to eat? And I was like, I. I don't know because it was all my boob. Mm. She's like, how long has she been on for? And I was like, well, I've had these syringes and she's been having that. And they were like, but how much has she drank? And I was like, I don't know because they're not, they're not, <laughs> measurement. They're, they're not there's no measurement and I can't see what's coming out and going into it. So I was like, I, I don't, I don't know. And then it, they were like, right, we need to get a pediatrician in here quick. And, and I, I remember just people going around me and they had like a little mask on her and I was just crying and just feeling like mm. I'd done loads wrong. But in hindsight, what I actually done had done the right thing of I heard a noise, I knew, I asked somebody to check, they didn't, I pushed someone checking, they did, and it was fine. It could have gone a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And I had my instincts, so I knew that was right. But mm-hmm. in that moment, when people are questioning you and you just all I already felt inadequate, I already felt like I'd done this wrong, mm-hmm. I should have been feeding them more. And basically what happened because because it wasn't a vaginal birth where the contractions would squeeze out any gun yeah exactly and then when that hadn't come out when she was eating it was sort of blocking and then she was being sick so they eventually got it sorted and they pricked a little foot and I remember them squeezing being like 
it's the blood's not coming in enough and I was just like I don't know what to do so then they were like are you okay formula feeding her I was like yeah and they're like we just need to flush her out give her a big feed that she'll be sick and that was fine so we did that mm-hmm. and I think I just wanted to go home at that point mm-hmm. like and one midwife was saying okay you need to feed her every hour so I remember setting alarms on my phone mm-hmm. how much I need to feed her writing it all down and then another midwife when I, they said like when she's done that you can go so the n- next midnight I was like I've done it can I go and they were like no and you don't need to be that mm. that organized so I felt like I was getting conflicting information and then the time when I called my mom I think it was on the Sunday morning been there since the Thursday I hadn't showered I just felt disgusting I felt like I was doing a bad job and like, I just broke and called my mom and she mm. was like okay and they say th- day three and day five are the worst day three wow was yeah. that a hard hit for you yeah and day five, I remember sitting, so Bella and I came home on Bella's uh, day two. Yeah. Day five, I remember sitting in her bedroom with her asleep on my chest mm-hmm. with a blanket around, just crying. Yeah. And I can't tell you why I was crying, <laughs> what I was crying over, <laughs> just just crying. this wave of sadness. Oh. Just bizarre, isn't it? It is, because I think looking at it now like it's because of the, the hormone depletion at yeah. that point like it just drops and everything becomes overwhelming but my god like it's naive because you think yeah i'll be fine yeah but it's completely out of your control yeah completely out yeah. of your control so yeah that that day three my mum was like right go and speak to a midwife and just say you want a shower and i did and this gorgeous midwife was like okay i'll take i'll take her yeah. took her and i went and showered and i came back and it was the best sh- i mean it was not the best shower of my life <laughs> because it definitely, it definitely wasn't. wasn't it reminded me of like pe cubicles yeah. like shame shower yeah. but like it was because i washed my hair and i know i sound horrendous but i washed my hair i put deodorant on mm. i'd done some sort of moisturizing plan yeah plan as in I just put it on my face that was the plan <laughs> and then I come back and I remember the midwife saying happy and I was like I just cried and said thank you you made me feel normal and she was like oh mom it's fine um and at that point I was feeding Sid formula trying to get the boob situation right and then on the Monday they were like right you can go home but again I didn't go home to the night they were like we just need to do this we just need to do this and I remember seeing women come in and go and yeah. come in and go and I got to a point where I just said, look, I know I'm going to be pushy and rude here. What are you waiting on? And they said, we just need to release you, your drugs from the pharmacy. I said, I will go and get those drugs mm-hmm. so I can go home. I was like, please, I've been in here. I just want to see outside. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, isn't it? It's like cabin fever. Oh, my Time God. goes backwards. Oh, it's just horrendous. Yeah. But it's all a blur because of the drugs. Yeah. It's massively mm-hmm. all a blur. And then they were just like, yeah, okay. And Kev came and got me. And we drove possibly the slowest <laughs> I've ever driven. I wasn't driving. On the Every bump was just like yeah. horrendous. But yeah, and then that was it. And then my day five was my house was a mess. The midwife turned up. <clears throat> wasn't expecting it because, again, I'd locked myself out of phones midwife turned up but before that I'd ordered Kev a um, greenhouse mm. I don't know why and it happened to come on that day the house was disgusting it was in the middle of August so it was roasting I was leaking from absolutely every, everywhere everywhere yeah. like boobs like blood yeah. again no one tells you that I think yep. c-section great <laughs> I don't know like I'll do a little hoover and a sweep <laughs> and you'll be on your way no 
like the pants that they give you then it's like what what sort of aftercare like pads do you want yeah. that are like door stops do you want like the knickers like what knickers were knickers the were the me. ones yeah. same the yeah. big the big the, tenor lady knicker things yeah, yeah. black with a little swirl yeah. so you felt a bit fancy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah but I remember knock, him knocking this door and again COVID is like I've got this greenhouse and I was like I can't lift anything I've just had a baby he's like really I was like literally just had a, <laughs> him addressing I've just had a baby and he's like sorry love I can't come into your house and I was like okay and I think he just saw me on the verge and he's like oh sod it I'll just bring it through <laughs> you've got to love scousers yeah. for that like yeah. what are the rules that will touch him a little bit he was like I'll help you out so he brought everything through the back left door knocked again and I opened it and it was the midwife and I just burst into tears she's like you alright mum I was like yeah I'm fine I don't know why I'm crying but I'm leaking and I'm leaking and woo. And I was like, I'm sorry, the house is a mess. And she was like, if you'd have a clean house and you'd be fine. She's like, I would be more concerned. But that was the last time I saw the midwife and she was great. And that was it. And then off she went. And then that was it. Like you are left alone with this child. And it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know what you expect. I remember looking at Bella from across the room in a Moses basket thinking, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. And I remember thinking about sitting on the same couch the week before when I hadn't had her yet, thinking about how naive I was <laughs> yeah. about having a physical child yeah. and what it would take. Yeah, because you just underestimate. And I know yeah. it's a cliche. All the cliches are true. You know, you don't feel love and all that. Mine was a bit of a different story, but I just... I feel like you underestimate it because you've got nothing to compare yeah, it to. Yeah. You underestimate everything, how much it will turn your life upside down, how, yeah. again, d- depending on different parenting styles, each to their own, but yeah. how, like, your life then suddenly isn't just, oh, yeah, I'll just nip the shots. It's like, okay, pack a bag, pack the baby, make sure we've gone for a wee beforehand and then just go out to get loo roll or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. it just throws everything out yeah. out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need to do more. I have said this in the past, but <clears throat> excuse me. I think they need, we need to do more about educating women on what happens in those first few weeks after birth. Because yeah. I had no idea that you mm. bled, for, you can bleed for up to. I think some people can bleed for up to twelve weeks. It yeah. depends. Um, I think I was quite lucky. I was about two and a half weeks in mm. total. I can't remember. Um, about when you should have your first period. Yeah. Um, I've said this in a previous episode, but the woman I saw at my six-week checkup terrified the life out of me, was trying to insinuate that I was pregnant again, and then I felt like the world was over because I can't do it all again because I've only just got a six-week-old who's got horrendous colic and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, it just that some women, it can just take a bit longer. Yeah. That's literally it. Yeah. Um, I think I'd asked you at the time, and I don't think you'd even had... It, at that point, I've got no idea. No. I didn't, you know, yeah, not a clue. Uh, another a friend of mine said to me, I wouldn't have mine until baby was 11 weeks old, and I was like, So, why the fuck was she interrogating me and making me feel the way I I felt just because I hadn't had my first period by the time I was six weeks? Which is also something that's completely out of your control. It's not yeah. like you're like, Okay, period, yeah, imagine how life would be easy if that was the case. Yeah. I think as well, like in any profession, you get people that have different approaches and what fits for one may not fit for them all. Mm -hmm. Like 
over familiar I'm staying in your room chatting about dancing and Mm. is not what I needed at that point what I needed was the midwife that came after that was like no you speak up and was quite harsh Mm. with certain people and like for for me and I think the overstepping the mark would have worked for somebody else but not at me at that time and I think sometimes maybe if you've again generalization here but if you've been in it for long like teaching maybe it's that that sort of care wears off I don't know that empathy Mm. that moment or maybe that just she misread the situation and what you needed at that point wasn't Mm. like (laughs) give her the tough look and berate her maybe that works for some but no she's looking at her like but it was the way because she asked me it and I was like no and then she asked me again a bit later on and I was like no and Mm. then she said that I'm sorry, are you sure you can't be pregnant? And I remember putting my hand on the desk. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, okay, okay, I just want to make sure. And then I went I went home. Yeah. Changed the baby's bag, changed the baby's bum, got everything, and walked to Tesco to buy pregnancy tests. No full well that I wasn't pregnant, but I was that That's, convinced yeah. that it might have happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah. After them six weeks, hell no. Absolutely not. I just, my brain was just like, at any opportunity if I've got to rest that is not happening I'm sleeping <laughs> because look at the state of the house look at the state of me I look like a house what yeah no that was just not not on the agenda but also like to be even if that isn't what you want and you're like I want my babies close together yeah, yeah. I know well, it's, I know. it's a, stra- a strange one yeah really very, strange one very very odd um how did you feel eventually going back to work because obviously it was like a year and something since you'd stepped foot in the building yeah mixed really mixed um I feel like oh I had a difficult difficult I did difficult sort of situation at my work which led me to be like hyper fixated in a negative place I ended up interviewing for a job six weeks after I gave birth which I look back now and think mm, wasn't the right call mm-hmm. at all. I felt like possibly at that point I should have had somebody that said, even though I wouldn't have listened and still would have done it because mm-hmm. I wanted the job, somebody to go, you can't possibly do it because you're on a maternity leave. Just leave it. Mm-hmm. And everything worked out fine in the end and you know, I'm doing the role now. Mm-hmm. But I think six weeks after giving birth to go and mentally prepare myself <laughs> to do an interview via Zoom when I... Oh, just, I look back now and think, nah. I don't even know how you strung those sentences together. No. I, again, I've got no recollection. That's something that I'm sure I gave birth to a, a baby, obviously, and then my brain fell out my ear because yes. I can't, still can't string a sentence together. But I have no idea. So I think I was just not in a good place about work mm-hmm. then going back into it. Luckily, I then re-interviewed because it was a maternity post while I was on maternity for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and they ended up getting the job. So that was good going back. But what I did struggle with is, because teaching has been a huge part of my life. I've taught mm-hmm. since I was 14. That that is sort of how I identified myself, even before I knew it. Like I've always worked. I've always, whether it's running my own company, doing like mm-hmm. qualifications to upskill myself, I've always had that. So the thought of it coming on maternity and stopping all of that, didn't actually stop stop my main job but I kept um, my visit and lecture mm-hmm. stuff going which was a brilliant godsend um so I kept that going kept my brain ticking over but 
the thought of going back to work, I was really nervous because I wasn't sure of the lay of the land, but I'd had this massive turmoil in the February where I was possibly the lowest that I'd ever been. Like it was past the sort of new mum stage. Mm-hmm. We just announced into the third lockdown. And I was just, I just lost who I was mm. because I wasn't teaching. I wasn't doing anything that f- not fulfilled me, but because I know but you, you recognised yourself to, in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I lost my identity and that was the hugest thing that I didn't know who I was. And I just felt like, not even Sid's mum, because at that point <laughs> she was a potato. Like she just <laughs> ate, slept and pooed. Mm. But I didn't have... And like we're talking about comparison, I did not have that overwhelming feeling that I thought I should have. And I've always thought, because I'm quite underneath the bitch layer as I am as a teacher, I always thought like, oh, I'd be quite maternal and I'd be a good mum and it'd be this, that and the other. So I had been reading and psyching myself up for that moment that baby is born, all your life is going to change. That Hollywood moment of hyperfixing on this baby and going, my life is complete. I never had that. I had all that emotion towards my partner of like oh, that love and adoration because of the because of how great he is anyway, but because of the role that he played in my birth and sticking up for me when I couldn't. And, and that, I had that love towards him. I, it's not like I didn't love my child because I did, but I didn't have that feeling that everybody first had so then I felt like not that I was failing at a mum but I didn't have those feelings so I thought oh I'm not I'm not a good mum and then I'd not had the birth that I wanted so then I was feeling oh I'm not a good mum I wasn't getting that fulfillment as um that I normally get from my job because mm-hmm. it does fill your vase up or whatever you call it mm-hmm. so I just had that February was horrendous I was just the lowest I'd ever been because I, I just couldn't find a way to fit myself together because mm-hmm. I felt being pulled in so many different ways. I probably wasn't being the nicest to myself. And actually, I look back now and it was, even though it was the darkest time that I ever have ever experienced, and it's not the one that I'm not saying I be, don't believe in mental health at all because I 100% do, but I'd never think I've experienced it mm-hmm. until that point of it being so not debilitated by it but have, having that experience of being in a negative place and no matter how many strategies that I got I couldn't couldn't get out of it no and I think what I did set myself for is I, I set myself a goal of it, it didn't even start off like that like the first of February it was just in February I just started walking like my mansion walk and I'd listen to podcasts and I'd voice note my friends 30 minute voice notes mm. and I'd go and get my coffee and it started off that that was my routine and I got fixated on, right, I'll get up, I'll do the, what I have to do with Sid, I'll do a wash and then I'll go and I'll start walking. And then it got to mid-February and I was like, my God, I've walked every day. I was like, I'm going to keep this going. And at the end of February, I remember taking pictures and it came up as a montage and I was like, bloody hell, I'd walked over 100 miles. I know that's not a lot for some people, but it is for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I normally just drive, mm-hmm. um, but I'd walked 100 miles and it didn't like rain I'd been crying on these walks but it was just something to get out of the house Mm -hmm. because I felt like I just needed it and I look back now and even though that was the darkest point of my life because I had a goal and I was working towards something even though it was minimal I still look back at that as being bittersweet like horrendous for my mental health but actually I came out of it Mm. so yeah just crazy and I think that then led into work as soon as I got in the car to go to work I actually felt a relief Mm. which is 
crazy. No. And weird to say, but I think the way I I know we both work is if you want to get good at something, you research it, you read around it, you implement it, it works, you're great. There was no book that was like, this is what you do with your child for Sydney or for Bella. There was none of that. And I remember sitting down with Kevin just breaking. He was like, there isn't that book, Em. So you can read all these different things, all of which have conflict, conflicting information. Mm-hmm. You read one book, it's do that. You read another, let them cry, don't let them cry. Let them cry for a minute, you're scarring them for life. Let them cry yeah. for five minutes, you laugh. Like I was just like, I don't know what to do. And it just wasn't as easy as I found making decisions. So when I was going back to work, I was going back to a place where I knew I was good at my job. I knew I was surrounded by a great team that are my best friends. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was going in to teach kids that I'd taught before that were like, well, I, yes, Emma's back. Or so they're like, absolutely not. She's bitches back. Like, I, I have no idea. But it's where I felt safe mm-hmm. and where I felt like me. And you, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I loved I, it. I completely get it. Mm-hmm. My identity before Bella was wrapped up in Sealed with a beautiful bow mm. around teaching mm. and the industry. Mm. And part of me went back to work early mm. because I knew if I didn't, then I would go down a slippery slope. Mm. And I always say, it's it for me, the bittersweet mark is going back to work so soon because mm. it saved me. But I had to sacrifice time with Bella as a result. Mm-hmm. If I had my time over, would I do it again? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, hand yeah. on heart, yes, yeah. I would. I yeah. absolutely would. Um, and I never felt guilt. I, when I was at work, mm. it'd be a few hours had gone by, and I'd realise that I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, yeah. And then I felt guilty mm. because I had been not feeling guilty. Yeah. I felt like you, old you. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah. still not still not quite old me at the same time because mm. didn't look the same, didn't feel the same, didn't move the same. Yeah. yeah. It's just a fucking My mess, fuck, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. I remember having that conversation with you because we're yeah. very similar in like the work life, yeah. obviously, and having that identity like you say, wrapped up in, in teaching. And again, I don't remember having a chat with other teacher friends and just being like, I don't know why I'm like this. And they're saying, well, what is it about teaching that makes you feel that you are being fulfilled? Like, if you strip it back, what what, is, what are those elements? And I was like, I don't know. And there was yeah. loads of like, yeah. I don't, like deep analysis. Yeah. And it was really... Um, it was really difficult and I think that's something I went back to work and I found that a better place for a while than I did at home because yeah. I thought I'm more successful here I know I'm doing what I'm good at and I don't feel that at home and I also feel like and I even do it now in my job even if I make a mistake I don't beat myself up about it yeah I make mistakes as a mom fuck me I give myself help over it <laughs> because you've got a little one who's crying at something that you've just made as a decision yeah and you feel absolutely horrific for it yeah but maybe yeah. it's the age that we teach it's, yeah 
<laughs> you know what I mean? If a 16 year old cries back at me when I tell them now, I couldn't give two shits, but you know what I mean? When my two year old does, yeah. I feel horrific. Yeah, I think there was a, I don't know when it happened, but there was a de- definite change for me. And again, like the girls at, girls at work, we've got kids that are quite similar. Yeah. Not that I planned it, but we sort of did plan it in terms of maternity leave. And I remember, <laughs> I know, yeah, swipe in, swipe yeah. out. But it, yeah. it was like, I think um, I was, again, we've all been each other's maternity. I was mm-hmm. Elle's, ma- I'm sure I can say the names, yeah. I'll be fine with it. Uh, I, I think was, I'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Elle's, I was Elle's maternity. Um, and then she came back. And then I think, yeah, she had her second and Nick came in as her second then Han went off and Nick sort of absorbed mm-hmm. that. Well, then I went off and Nick was my <laughs> maternity. So like, and then Nick went off and had baby. Nick yeah. went off and had a baby. So we've all got like an, a year between our yeah. kids, more or less, which is brilliant because I now get an insight into like the, a, next, phase. the next phase. Okay, what's happening with yours? Okay, <laughs> yeah. and I remember there being a phase where we were chatting in our group chat, and it was like, oh, I'm dreading coming in into work. Like I don't don't want to leave them, and me yeah. thinking. God, and Sid will probably listen to this one day and be yeah. like, Mom, you're such a bitch. Yeah. But in those early phases, I was just like, okay, I don't feel like me. I don't feel like I'm doing a good job. I need to get where I feel good. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm not like that. Okay, maybe that's not just not going to be who I am as mm. a parent. Maybe I'm just not maternal as I thought I would. And then I can't, I can't, I don't know when the switch was. Mm. There was a definite switch when now it's like... I struggle oh, more now Yeah, because she's a person. Yeah. She, and she can say to me, Mommy, please don't go to work. Oh, God. Yeah. Even before when I dropped her off at my nan and granddad's because she stays at my mum's on a Friday. Yeah. Uh, Mommy, no, go home, work, stay here with me. And I was just like... The daggers? Like, you're like, oh. Babe, I can't. I've, got, yeah. I've really got to go. She goes, okay. I get the moment what kills me is, um, Mom, please play with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, in one minute, I just have to do this. And she's like oh no one will play with Sid and I'm like oh my god you're killing me (laughs) yeah Yeah, there is just that sort of level and it's it's hard isn't it because you think oh I do want to be at home but then the way I was brought up my mum was a working mum and I think that instilled we've had this conversation that instilled a good work ethic and I want Sid to see that I wanted to see growing up that I you know yeah. mum works mum works hard mum works, works bloody hard, hard. <laughs> but she knows it as well and she says to me yeah. sometimes because um, she's come to work with me a few times when I've had to pop in on a Saturday or whatever and she'll come in she'll go mum um, teaches kids to mm. dance I'm like yay well you know sometimes <laughs> and then sometimes I'll come home and go oh Sid mum's kids today I had to put them on the thinking step and she's like Oh no! I'm like, I know, I know. Yeah. And she did. Mummy shout. I'm like, Mum was stern. Mum didn't shout. She was stern. She's like, I haven't got a clue. Like, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's difficult as you get older as well because yeah. I'm just thinking. There's been that switch now where I'm like, oh, and that love definitely has come later on, and I just am obsessed with my child. I just she's just boss and she's yeah. lovely and she's a kind little girl and yeah, she's she beautiful oh, she's not beautiful she is a beautiful little she soul beautiful. she's a good she is good kid she is and I just think she's only going to be young once and I know she gets a 33 hours which is great for yeah. like you know that childhood yeah. child prep life but that's her now into education yeah. and that those formative years we've been really lucky me and my partner we you know switch with our childcare. well she goes to nursery one day his rotor, he has a 
to uh, Tuesday to Thursday. I have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we split it. And then my mum comes up and she's with my mum. So she literally has like one-on-one attention all the mm-hmm. time. But that's going to change. And that's it. And I'm just very aware that that is it. Like I can then go back into work and do that, this, that and the other. But I just don't think a teacher's lifestyle is made out, is friendly for being the kid because you're working. It's not. It, there's just it's not. not. No. And obviously with the commute as well to Manchester and back it's difficult yeah and I've sort of had to have that conversation with my boss and saying like look there is going to be a point where this I can't do this anymore school finishes at three I don't get home till half six like in terms of childcare, that isn't going to work and I don't want to be missing parents evening and do it I I just don't want to be that but I I don't know what the answer is it's difficult isn't it I which Dee and I talk about our jobs all the time because Mm. these hours are really unsociable yeah and my hours now aren't great either mm. so the days that I work I do three days a week now and I'm out the house at half nine I'm back home at 9 p.m like it's a it's a long day mm. especially when you put a baby in the mix yeah couple that with still leaving at 5 a.m mm. most mornings um we actually he has her more than me mm. Um, because of his job it's a bit more flexible with being self-employed um but we've had that discussion about what do we do when she goes to school who picks her up who, fortunately i could drop her off because yeah. i don't have to leave till half nine but then again like who's picking her up and steve says all the time i just don't want to sacrifice my time with her i don't want yeah. to not to not have that with her and a teacher's life you always think oh it's great you've got the holidays off Oh, I hate that argument. But you haven't got the holidays off. No. I don't think I've ever had a holiday off. No. And ever. also, people that say that aren't teachers. I'm like, do you want to look at the workload? Yeah. I, I just want to punch yeah. people in the face. Oh, why are you moaning about? Why are you going on strike? Come yeah. and do my job for a week. You hand your child to me. I'm shaping your child five days. Well, I know what for. Four days, days a week. Yeah. I mean, I don't have it that bad. These kids want to, most of them want to be in the job that we're teaching yeah. that's fine but I just think for teachers like we it's saw it you thing. saw it in lockdown when parents had to homeschool their kids yeah. you quick to moan then yeah. to support people I mean I don't get me started politically yeah. but like but yeah. it's ju- you have yeah. the holidays off yeah but we also are marking catching up dentist appointments hair appointments nail appointments dentist things that we can't fit in we yeah. can't say oh sorry I'm taking a personal day because I need to go to the I doctor can't go to someone's wedding or I can't go to someone's can't book a holiday yeah. can't book a holiday yeah. it's, it's loads of things yeah and I always just say yeah half term I'm not in work teaching but I'm marking all the wonderful assessments that have just taken place or I'm prepping or and you, your summer holidays aren't your summer holidays you get about two weeks and then it's straight into when did you see the results are you need to be into enrollment for enrollment week then you need to do the prepping and getting everything ready for your first observation that's going to happen in two weeks <laughs> yeah. where are your schemes of work yeah. at where's this where's yeah. that yeah you've got Ofsted coming in we're, yeah. we're doing a deep dive don't worry yeah. it's, all, it's all for your benefit. your benefit oh really really do you want to tell me that when I'm trying to do it all like yeah. printing off putting things in poly pockets when it's all online anyway yeah. I mean don't even get me started yeah. but this is what I mean I used to not mind that before Sid I used to love it and I'd stay up and I'd give all my hours to be the best teacher I can be but that that never ends there's not a cut off you can always do more to always. enhance your resources yeah. to do this to choreograph great warm-ups it gets to a point where I'm like 
okay, where is my work-life balance? Yeah. Because I don't want to do all this like sparkly, twirly bits that I used to do because I want to spend time with my child. But at the same time, the sparkly and twirly bits make me even better at my job. So how do I do this work-life balance? But I'm just honest with my students and I'm like, I'm a boss and go, right, okay, you've got this, this, and this are all priorities. I only work four days a week. You treat me like I work five. What do you want my priority bit to be? And we'll go from there. And then I hand things over and I try and delegate. Yeah. I'm like, okay, social media, students, I'm trusting you. You log on, you post, you do stuff like that. And But even that, <laughs> social media, I'm a dance teacher. <laughs> like, that's not uh-huh. my job. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's a podcast for another day, which yeah. not kid cast, it's like teacher life cast. And then, you should do a teacher cast. Fucking hell, that'd be... I feel that like that would, that would be explicit and that would just put people off going into the jobs, the wouldn't job, it? Potentially. Yeah. But potentially. it's rewarding and it's great. And I think we do we still do it. We still so something's good about yeah, it. Yeah, and I think there is no more rewarding job, is there like as much as a bitch and moan about the admin side and the managerial elements that come with it. Mm-hmm. I still got into a negative headspace because I didn't have the job that I wanted yeah. when I was on maternity and my students are just, I can't help but smile when I talk about them and, yeah. you know, I think, I genuinely do think that's why I was put here was yeah. to do something like this. So while I'm able yeah. to do it, Emma, shut up and just get on with it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, crazy times. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about that I've not asked you about? I don't think so. I I. I just how bad my memory is. I feel like I've just rabbited on for yeah, ages. Um, yeah. No, birth, fine, struggling, trying to get the balance between work. I still don't think... If anybody's cracked it, yeah, please let, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, because I have no idea what it is. No, and you get all these dreams. If I just had more money, if I just won the lottery, if I just was a fr- freelance and yeah. not in like formal employment employment. and then I think my freelance friends were like it was just in employment employment. you always want what you can't have um no I think it's fine I remember one there's two bits actually one bit of advice Mm -hmm. um because I think it touched upon um what we were speaking about earlier everybody gives you advice and everyone tells you what works for them I try and I will here's me saying I will never do that I always do that because I'm always like oh this worked but I always just stand by happy mom happy baby Mm -hmm. because I just think if you and that may be selfish and go against whatever but Mm -hmm. if you are in a bad place you haven't got my experience if your cup isn't filled you've got nothing to give Mm -hmm. so that you know breastfeeding when do I start when do I start you do what works for you Mm -hmm. birth you do what works for you like don't compare yourself to people on Instagram. Don't compare yourself to anything. Just do what works What works for you. And I remember going back to work and this lovely woman who's our career UCAS advisor and went in and I was like trying to do a million things. And she was like, oh, I haven't seen you. Haven't you had a baby? I was like, yeah. And she said, how are you doing? And I was like, oh my God. Uh, and it threw me because I thought nobody's actually asked. Like my friends, obviously. I was like, actually nobody's. And it, I felt so vulnerable because I thought, oh, and I just filled up and she was like, oh, em, sit down, sit down. And she said, um, what's what's breaking? And I was like, what do you mean? She said, well, there's three things. She said, there's your health and there's you. She said, and there's your job and there's your relationship and you can't always have three. So what's breaking? What are you not happy with? And I just thought, I don't know. <laughs> and I thought that's so telling. And again, me and my mum friends talk about it a lot, especially in the mm. workplace 
you always feel like you're not doing enough or you're not oh, doing my God. the best that you can do in any situation. <sighs> and I, I always share this, um, I think her name is Shonda Rhimes, the one, yeah, yeah. the one who does Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. She did this speech and it basically said, everyone asked her, like, how do you have it all? And she's like, the truth is, I, I, I don't. She said, you know, if I am watching my kids recital, I'm missing something at work. I'm missing the final showing of some actress. She's like, if I'm at work watching this, directing this, I'm missing a swim meet or I'm missing parents evening. And she was like, it's just about being good at what you can do at that moment in time, in that moment. And that's always stuck with me because I put so much pressure on myself to be like the perfect part and have my house this... Oh my God, my house is gross. <laughs> my house is gross. Your house is not gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not, not gross. gross. I mean, like it's a swamp. It's not, but there's always stuff to be done. There's always washing. There's always like... Washing. I can't see anything around the corner in a Recycling cupboard. Recycling to take away. Yeah. But always. I think as soon as I hit this thing of going... My house is just always going to be a little bit messy. As soon as I said that out loud, I was like, oh, liberated. Okay, yeah, I can cope that. As soon as I set with, okay, I'm not going to be the teacher that I was before I had Sid because that's what I spent all my time doing. That is not me anymore. I'm a a teacher mom or a mom teacher. And then when I'm with Sid, that is protected. That is our time. Yeah. If I can separate that and just be present with Sid, be present at work, let the house slide as much as I can and delegate <laughs> if and when. That, yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. And yeah. I think just not set the bar lower, but just be nicer to yourself, I think. A hundred percent. I remember I did a, as part of my like, I call it my having a complete meltdown phase. Yeah. Uh, losing identity phase. I did a, like a, oh God, what's it called? Baby brain. Ugh. Uh, Journal. Oh entry. yeah. Journal entry to ten year old me. <sighs> Fuck me. How did that look? I've just sat and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed because when I think about this is gonna make me cry now. Oh. When I think about You may <laughs> hang on. <laughs> hang on. The but- cancerian in us. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. But this is it's but it's so sad when I think about Amber mm. at ten. I would never talk to her the way I talk to myself. Oh yeah. Or have talked to myself. Yeah. And that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think having a baby is the sh- the strangest, most invigorating experience. For yourself as an individual mm. and I needed to completely lose myself in order to find out what I really value and what mm. is really important to me yeah um and then that feeds back into career and what mm. to give to your career mm. we are very similar we are always yes we'll do more yes don't worry about it who need we need an extra project doing who can we put that onto put it onto Emma Put it onto Amber. Yeah, we, yeah. we are that. We, yeah, yeah, It is our nature. Yeah, yeah. Take, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember the first time I said no, I felt like an absolute hero. Yeah. And then I said no again, and mm. I said no again, and I turned my phone off, and I put boundaries in place, mm. and I, 
even those little things are the respect sign to me and my child and my husband and my home it's just you you're just in a completely different place and life sort of spins on its head doesn't it yeah definitely I think like you said the the way you speak to yourselves I don't know where that comes from in terms of whether it is part of the training element whether it is societal thing about constantly not being good Good enough enough and constantly strive and it is like a consumerism point of view in terms of like your teeth need to be brighter Mm. your skin needs to be clearer you need to be skinny like that pressure that you put on yourself and I feel like similar (laughs) I don't want my child growing up hearing me say and I know contradiction because I started this podcast being like oh I was so big or whatever but I don't want Sid growing up being like my mum was always on a diet I look back and think god I've complained about my body for ever since I was like 16 17 I look back at when I was 16 17 you shut up you were tiny you were in petite size six jeans from Miss Selfridge with a little you remember them tiny like low rise tiny little zip oh yeah get your hip bones out I'm like no 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 I'm like covering my ribs from my trousers but I think I don't want her growing up being surrounded by that when my body has managed to grow and give birth and feed that child and also I've had to let the my body issues and whatever drop off the table slightly because I don't have the mental capacity to beat myself up about that. So yeah. I'm like, I'm not where I want to be. It will get there eventually when I've got yeah. time to dedicate to it. So that I can't even entertain that. But there's also this sort of empowerment element that you yeah. need to have is I want to be the best version of me for Sid to look up to. Yeah. I'm not quite there yet. I'm still getting there. I, I don't mm. know how to. I feel like I only dealt with her the trauma around birth because I think as well for women you never fully unpack that trauma I've not unpacked no my trauma no and I had a really positive straightforward good birth Mm. but I still have trauma it's still trauma to your body yeah like one of the things uh yeah I went back to the doctors ages and ages Mm. like did I tell you this and I remember my notes being up and reading it and it said about um birth emergency c-section internal hemorrhage and I I cried when I came out of the doctors and called Kev and was like I've never seen it written down like yes maybe that is normal I remember them saying they lost, I lost more blood so they mm-hmm. pumped my own blood back into me. I didn't have to have a transfusion. But to see internal hemorrhage, I was like, holy oh, shit. Holy, holy yeah. shit. Like yeah. that is massive. That is massive. It is. And you downplay it going, like you said, I had a straightforward birth. I had this, I had this. Yeah. But that's when the comparison comes in. Oh, I shouldn't moan. I should be thankful. Yeah. But actually, take a moment and just sit in that and deal with my god my body went through this and here mm. I am still being like you look like this you mm. or you're not doing enough or you could still get to that point in your career or you're not earning this or whatever these elements are you're here for a short amount of time I like I I keep saying to stay reading podcast listening because we are blessed with about an hour's drive to work oh, with a pair of us. Yeah. And an hour's drive home. Yeah. So, audiobooks, podcasts. <sighs> but I do think they have been the making of me. Because oh, yeah. there's so many things now that I'm aware of that I had no clue of. Mm-hmm. And it actually plays into how my day's structured, how my views are structured, how I respond to things. Anyway, um, I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Where exactly? <laughs> <laughs> Back 
to the point um, about like speaking to your 10 year old self, being harsh on yourself, the drive, the mentality, yeah. unpacking trauma. I'll, come, I'll probably I'll put yeah. it in the show notes if I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> but that's a baby brain thing as well. Oh my God. And nobody, I just thought no. it was me being dyslexic. I, the fact I can't form I sentences. I people just chatting shit. <laughs> Yeah, but you yeah. know it's meant to happen during like perimenopause and menopause, yeah. and I'm just it's thinking, yeah. what is my brain? If I'm already this bad, I'm just gonna be like <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. all my friends know. Oh, it's just them. I'll be whatever. My kids know, but yeah. it's just frustrating because I'm like, Ugh. I stand at, like I've just done now. I stand at work and I say, there we go. Let's test who was listening. <laughs> I'm not even that clever. I just go, what was I talking about? I was like, what was the question you asked me? And I went for an interview, speaking of jobs, I went for an interview a couple of weeks ago and I had to make notes and I just said to them, like, I'm going to have to make notes of the question because I will go off on a tangent and probably not answer it. And they were just like, yeah, they're fine. It was great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. I got it. But, but it was still besides the point of it sort of being like, with the way your brain works. But there's definitely more. Yeah. more to it but like you say the podcast and reading into that yeah. and there's there's a whole lot that I think I want to do more but I just I'm not there yet it will get there for me I've unpacked the trauma of birth did that last year with my partner and yeah a lot of meditating I think we don't give our partners enough credit no definitely not I do and he's already been like I can't wait to listen so I've got to watch what is <laughs> no but <laughs> like I do love Kev as well. Oh. He's, great, he's great. Do you know what? I I skit him a lot and, you know, I nag him all the time because um, I just do because <laughs> I can't help it because I'm always like, oh, you could just do this and oh, do that. And that's the other thing. Our Sid does. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But that is both of us do that. So she's like anything where I'm like, no, she's, she doesn't huff. She's not like a tantrumy kid, touch wood. But she will go, oh, but I don't think she realised how rude it is. It's just, I always say, I'm just exhaling. But I think it's that. But he is such an amazing yeah. dad. I love his relationship. He's besotted with her. He is an outstanding father. Like, I wouldn't want anybody else to father to be a father to my children other yeah. than that that gentleman. Yeah. Um, and he does support me. And do you know what I love about him and then we're not going to get all soppy because mm. I'll vomit <laughs> is that any achievement I have he celebrates it yeah. and to the point of um I applied for like some silly little job thing the other day I'll tell you later yeah and I got an email that was like yeah we want to give it you and he was like oh my god that's amazing I was like no it's fine it's literally nothing it's just like marking exam papers and he was like I got the job as well did you <laughs> Yeah, I haven't accepted yet, but I'm getting yeah, like, how's it? Text message. If people wondered yeah. why we're friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, that's amazing. Do I need to get you flowers? I was like, no. Oh, because that, every every opportunity yeah. he said, I've got like a card or, yeah. or or flowers or something. He's just such my supporter. He's very, very thoughtful. Oh, yes, yes, a hundred percent. And you know, like every relationship, we have we have our ups and downs, and mm. you know, I, I do. He doesn't listen. You know, like every relationship, I have to plant the seed, and then eventually, like three months later, I'll come back and be like, "Babe, 
He doesn't call me babe at all. He'll be like, Em, I've got this great idea. I'm like, oh, I told you that ages ago. If you just listened to me in the first place. But what? go on, tell me what it is. But he's, he's just he's just great. And one thing I will, like, he just supported me through the yeah. birth, through everything. And one thing that I love is that he, because um, we're not engaged or anything like that, which is fine because that's our sort of choice, is that when Sid was born, I was adamant I did want us all to have the same sort of name I'd mentioned it a few times and thought I'm just gonna leave it and he had the same sort of thing and I I love my family like my name like even Sid she uh she's named after me my granddad who <laughs> was called Dave and he wasn't he was called Sydney but everyone called him Dave so I loved the name at first I didn't really like the name Sydney for a girl I was like we'll call her like CC or DD or whatever she this kid is Sid through and she through she's Sid. Sid she calls herself Sid it's Sid Sid occasionally sometimes it's Sydney but she's Sydney Grace I'm Emma Grace I know very well but he was sort of the one that approached me mum and dad and was like look I want to change my name and I want to be a Lingard and they were like yeah absolutely so when she was born he changed his name a couple of months I think before so yeah, we well, would yeah. all be a Lingard and I just I never give him enough credit for that because I know like you know societal ways and whatever it is but he's just like I that is my family and mm-hmm. that's what I see and that's what I want as well and I just that it makes my heart like warm and glow every time I think about him doing that because that meant so much more to me than Mm. than anything so yeah he's just he's great he does my head in and we argue but no we don't argue we we bicker but I wouldn't change it at all and I know your stay's the same he's fabulous Mm. I'm very lucky yeah I don't think I don't think... I think he's aware. He will know. But you also don't want to tell him so much, do you? You're like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're all right. We always have... We, we do... He's fucking right about everything all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that's me yeah. in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he'll look that I've just said that yeah. out loud. Yeah, that's it. He'll be pausing this yeah. and like playing it back to you. Yeah, his his favourite Disney character is Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, and he likes to think he also has the same physical appearance <laughs> as Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. And to be fair, he's not far off from yeah. the fact that it's a cartoon. <laughs> so yeah. Um okay, closing traditions, oh, two cool. questions. Yeah. I feel like you have touched upon it slightly. Okay. But if you had to... No, if you wish you knew something about parenting before you became a parent, what do you wish you knew? Mm. Um, if you wish you knew something before parenting, it's not, it's not going to be what you think it is. Mm. But even if I think... Even if I knew that, I'd still go, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> just enjoy... I don't even know, but I feel like I've had so many different answers to this that comes out so many different ways. Yeah. What I wish I knew before I had a child. If, um, that it's okay not to feel like you think you should feel. Mm-hmm. That it's okay to do it your way. That you don't have to keep up with what everybody else thinks you should do that you take it in your stride mm. i think i think that's a great answer yeah 
like go by the beat of your own drum trust mm-hmm. your instincts um yeah i think that's it and communicate like don't put on a brave face don't be like yeah. everything's fine yeah be honest talk. and say i need help i struggled with that mm-hmm. and since i've done that i think one of my friends um just tangent wise mm-hmm. because like you said i don't have the like a sort of childcare situations it's pretty much me and my partner and my mum mm-hmm. every other week um i sort of said at one point like i'm struggling a bit here and my friend just stepped up and she's like oh just drop around for an hour mm-hmm. and uh then I did that and my god sometimes like it'd be an hour and a half and I'd do this and I'd do washing and do this there's been other times where it's been an hour and I've just sat with a cup of tea in my phone and just had those moments to myself that's fine mm. so ask for help speak up because you've got people around that just wait for you to do it yeah 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 absolutely yeah, yeah. 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 same same yeah. way yeah. yeah um and if you had to give a tip to new parents or yeah. expecting parents what would your tip be um um happy mom happy baby i think um speak to your partner yeah go to costco and buy frozen lasagnas (laughs) (laughs) and frozen shepherd's pies and stuff that you can just bung in the oven and get some good netflix series on and ignore the people that say sleep when the baby sleeps. Although it's true and all of that, it used to do my head in because I think, yeah, okay, I'll sleep when the baby sleeps. And then I'll like, what, when will I do the washing, do everything else and do all of that? So that would never happen. But just don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Don't should and could yourself into oblivion. Just take it each day at a time. And also my favourite thing, was I remember one of my work friends mm. just being saying like I'm in amazement how are you doing this I think I just got up and showered and she mm. was like you're doing so good and I thought oh and that's always stuck with me so then I try whoever it is to be like you're doing it even if they're not doing anything just flood them with mm. positivity so just keep that positive even if it's like Oh, I put my socks on. Bloody hell, you put your <laughs> socks on today. What an achievement. You were yeah. barefooted for a week yeah. before. Just celebrate everything yeah. and fill yourself up with positive positivity yeah. as much as you can. I, I remember saying to the women at work, what I'm wearing doesn't correlate, doesn't match, doesn't go, but it's all clean, so I don't give a shit. Yeah. Oh my God, the yeah. stuff. I mean, I still yeah. have got loads of <laughs> the stuff, but I remember at one point, in fact, even now, I go out and Kev's just like, you wearing that? I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, yeah, yeah. because it's clean and it sort of matches. <laughs> and I did, you know, lived in Liverpool for years, years now. Yeah. And the other night, um, we had milk, this true story, had milk, no milk. And I was like, well, I'll just pop the shop. So I did it in my pajamas first time the first time and I thought oh god but I drove to the shop and went in the shop I expected it to be empty and it wasn't Uh, but yeah I had a coat on so it wasn't that bad but um, yeah I I went to the shop in my pajamas but again take the pressure off enjoy what you can and it's the small wins definitely win wins yeah thank you for being absolutely wonderful and I think you do a bloody amazing job she's a good egg and you helped me a lot so oh, thank you. right back at you, mate.